L-A-S. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Skarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billie Eilish got bangs? What's a Billie Eilish? L-A-S Hey, welcome in to From One Dad to Another. This is the show where we tackle uh, the act of decoding modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. I'm one of your dads, Logan Adam Schultz. And I'm and sitting I'm your other dad. From your other dad. It's some might call granddad. Well, yeah. Uh, some do. Papa Tim Riven. How are you, Papa? I'm good. How are you, Logan? Good. My allergies have been killing me. Yeah, tis the season. Oh man, it's awful. Yeah, you should uh, you should go to High V and get some of that Claritin D. We were just talking about this before the show started, so I I get Claritin D. It actually legitimately helps. Yeah, but they track how much you buy. Yep. And I was buying uh, ten packs of twenty four hour Claritin D, and my High V ran out of them. They only had the fifteen packs, which apparently I was not allowed to get. Too much D. They were worried I was getting too much D. <laughs> Or what, what? There's an actual drug in it that you uh, you are not allowed to have too much of. Yeah, the, the it's, it's like pseudoephedrine yep. or something. Yep. The stuff that they use to make meth, I think. Correct. Right. right. Which makes sense. Totally valid. Except my allergies have been crushing my soul. Right. And if you crush Claritin D, you can make <laughs> meth. So, um, but it actually strikes me as kind of weird, like the difference between the 10 and the 15, right? Like you, it, you right. take your 10 that you would normally take right. and you only have five left over for meth. And that doesn't seem <laughs> like not enough, enough to be profitable. That's not enough for, so, for meth. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I've never actually made meth. So, oh, I, I haven't either, but I did watch Breaking Bad. So I still haven't seen it. Oh, well, I feel like well, I'm missing out. That feels like a uh, topic for another episode. That's valid. We're, like we're starting all the, this episode All the TV strong. shows that you should make your children watch. <laughs> make your small Bad. child watch Breaking Bad. Yes. yes. That, that sounds like good parenting. Speaking of good parenting, uh, this show is part of the LAS Podcast Network, and we're going to talk to you every single week about topics related to modern parenthood, because... Although I've been a stepfather for a while, I'm about to have a new first-time biological mm-hmm. baby in August, yep. and uh, my best friend sitting across from me uh, is a father to three grown children. Yep. Old hat. <laughs> That's right. Yep. That's I right. make them wear my old hats. That's where that saying comes from, certainly. Right. It is. Uh, and actually became a grandfather. Yep. Yep. Um, so three, three of my own, and then, and then one of my own had one of her own. 
There, so, there you go. That's right. So that's how that works. So now that we've explained how grandparenthood works. it's That's our first episode. Yeah. Right. Grandparenthood. That's right. That's which, which you can't relate. So, Well, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But we'll hopefully get there. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what this show is all about. And uh, we're going to come to you every single week, uh, every Wednesday as part of the network's one Wednesdays. Um, so that's going to be a ton of fun. So we're like the CW. Right. A little, uh, yeah, a but, little like that. But LAS, live, laugh, love, live, laugh, love, That's what absolutely. It for. And I see him cackling over there. Our producer Alex Schulte is uh, at the producer's booth tonight as well. And hi guys, hi. And he's also the inventor of live, laugh, love. I'm so glad that I was not the first one who got to try that joke out because <laughs> I know it's a bad one. I came right. up with it. Yes, but- which which the dad pod is uh, the best place for trying out terrible jokes. I think that's very accurate. It feels safe here. This is a, a dad joke safe space. How much do uh, pirates pay for corn? How much? A buccaneer. <laughs> is that... Leave. Uh, is that oh, oh, <laughs> I'm fired? No. <laughs> Not yet. We gotta oh. keep you around. Oh. You're the only granddad. Oh, I guess we I We have to have pay these. you first before we can fire you. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Well, today, I really want to talk to you about something kind of fun, kind of mm-hmm. lighthearted, or maybe a little serious, too. We'll see where we end up. But uh, you and I both have a lot of involvement with music. Yep. Right? Um, and I think a big part of musical taste and musical identity comes from your parents. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's certainly been the case with me, although um, I was thinking about this, you know, because we were talking when we were kind of prepping for the show um, I didn't grow up in a musical family. Like I wasn't a musician. I didn't play music in the same way that I do now, but I was very, very influenced by music uh, from my parents. And, um, and I don't think I realized, you know, how, how influential that was growing up until I was already a grown up and I had kids my own. And I kind of started thinking about the role that music could play in, in parenting. I guess I didn't think about it until literally right now, but I had the same experience. Where, you know, my my mother was probably a fine singer. She definitely made sure I was aware that she was an Annie when she was younger. Yeah. I heard that many times. <laughs> uh, and my dad has, um, well, I guess, okay, I haven't talked about this yet. Uh, I'm half adopted. So I have a biological father um, that it has not been part of my life outside of very, very early in my childhood, pretty much pre-memories. Uh, but I have an adoptive father. And he is not musical at all. Right. At all. A lot of my musical tastes came from them and my mm-hmm. mother and my adoptive father and what they enjoy. But yeah, no no real music in my life yeah. um, in terms of playing and creating. Right. Um, but did you grow up playing music um, and performing and singing and doing all that also? I, I did. I gravitated towards it um, being in like choir and stuff like that. Um Started doing musicals when I got into middle school and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, that was the only outlet Hmm. for me to really do that because it was the only thing I knew and my school offered it. And I really sucked at sports. Really sucked hard. So I gravitated towards the thing that I seemed to be somewhat good at. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't perform. I didn't didn't do – I guess I did choir in like third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, But that was it. I didn't play a musical instrument. I didn't – do theater i didn't do any kind of performance stuff until i got a guitar like my senior year of high school Ooh, and that okay. was the that was the first time that i tried to play an instrument uh, that's not true when i was a kid i had this little casio keyboard 
and I it okay. was tiny, and it I don't know, it had like twelve keys on it or something. I don't know. Sure. I don't play piano, so I don't know how like, many are essentially supposed a to toy, be there. a glorified toy. Yeah, but it was, but it was, it was cooler than a toy. Oh, okay. My apologies. Right. Um, but I would play like the the chariots of fire. Um, I don't know. That's that's way before you were born. Um, but the uh, it was like the theme song. It was this piano thing. I didn't play the whole orchestration, but it was like it was like that two melodic, chords or that iconic uh, along those lines. But that was it. Like that was that was me as a musician was in sixth grade trying to figure out how to play the chariots of Th- of fire theme. Um, but yeah, I didn't grow up doing uh, doing any of that music stuff. I just listened to a lot of music, and that was always a, a really important part of. Kind of of my upbringing, and it was it was always on in the car, and all of that. Oh, what is? Up, oh, yep. So my Casio keyboard did not do this, <laughs> right? It wasn't a it wasn't a full synthesizer. This is this is pretty epic. Chariots of Fire is an epic song. Yeah, well, and it also feels a little bit like like Flash Gordon. Yep. Um, uh, from the from the movie. And I think Queen did a lot of that music. Oh, here it is. Uh, waiting on the piano. Man, they're teasing us. I didn't realize. Since how long you guys the can't see the string, the screen. He's taking a long drag of a cigarette before he starts this piano. Ah, uh, this is it, though. This is it. Yeah. So I would play this, like over and over again. And it like running down the beach. Isn't that the thing? Like, there's like like a like a. A team. It's the slow motion run. Right. But it's like a whole team, right? I, I, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Tim, I, you're correct. All right. Thank you. Thank you for validating my memories from the 1970s. This is going to be a recurring theme on this show. Is, Chariots of Fire? <laughs> not Chariots of Fire. <laughs> but the idea that you have a lot of um, cultural and media knowledge that yeah. I don't have. What movie are we talking about? <laughs> right, like Chariots of Fire. Oh, that's the movie. Yeah. What's the song called? I mean, it's I also think it's called Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. <laughs> they I made it really e- easy on us. But this song is very famous as being that trope, right? The slow motion run, yep. that idea, like Bo Derek in Ten. See, that's another reference <sighs> that that you won't get. You saw the blank look on my face. I know, and I knew it was coming. Yeah, I planned it that way. Um, but yeah, so I grew up, you know, uh, listening to a lot of music and, but I wasn't playing it. I wasn't a musician that came much, much later. So, and that was, that was directly as a result of my parents. Um, but you dove headfirst into music after that point, right? Cause you ended mm-hmm. up doing, you know, some guitar playing and I think you went to school for theater at 1.2, right? Yeah, kind of. Um, so I, I didn't grow up as a musician, um, and then, like I said, I got a guitar my senior year of high school, and then I learned how to play some Nirvana songs in a dorm. And then, like, almost immediately, I was like, I'm going to learn how to play classical guitar. And I declared myself a guitar major. And so I studied classical guitar right. for right. a year. Um, hated it. <laughs> I was so bad at it. And it was like, it was work. And I had to, like, practice all the time. And I was like sight reading music and all this other stuff. And I felt like such a dork. Um, And then my girlfriend at the time, um, her roommate was a theater major. And then I switched to theater. So I dove right into performing. um, But the music thing was always kind of on the back burner until I was in my 30s, actually. Um, But I'm a constant listener of music, though. So 
yeah, thinking about listening to music and, and what influences you, I kind of have two sides of a coin that I feel like I was raised on from my parents. So um, I, uh, my first CD was given to me from my mother. And it was like the OG sync CD. Right. Right. And that was huge for me. And I remember, I don't even know how old I was, because this CD came out in like the mid-90s, maybe, 96. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, it just like influenced my entire development as a human being, right? And I remember being really little, I was playing with Beanie Babies and making them dance and sing to Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC. You were really little listening to, or not listening to Beanie Babies. They weren't talking to you, right? I mean, they were like in my head. That's a warning sign. They were in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. Um, I grew out of it. Yeah, the uh, like at the time you were playing with Beanie Babies, I was working at McDonald's and uh, <laughs> like putting them in Happy Meals. So oh, that's, a, that's yeah. another one of those like uh, different points in our lives. Um, we're gonna have to talk about like phenomenons through the decades, right? And our right. perspectives on them. Yeah, there's so many phenomenons. Phenomena. Do 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 do. <laughs> See, we're so musical. That's right. Um, but yeah, so like I I grew up listening to a lot of uh, music that basically overhearing what my dad would listen to. So there were basically two things also, like you were talking about your, your CD stuff, but um, like my dad had a record, huge record collection. I, I think I, I'm the number 700 records sticks in my head and he still wow. has them. Uh, and he would like, like clean them and he'd listen to them and take them out and put them back in the sleeves and everything. But then when I was in the car with my mom, it was the radio. So I was getting like, country music in the car but i was getting rock and roll and you know like when i was at the house so queen and um black sabbath oh sure uh, but also a lot of the other stuff that was you know kind of on the radio and but so it was very this kind of a little bit country a little bit rock and roll that was my upbringing sure um and i was somewhere in the middle what kind of country music are we talking because this i mean based on those bands we're talking Early eighties, right? Uh, yeah, late seventies, early eighties. Yep. So, um, one of the one of the so two, I would say two big songs that I associate very much with that time would be um, uh, Queen of Hearts, uh, which I think was Juice Newton. Um, that was one that I always remember listening to on the radio. I remember like pressing my ear, uh, like up to the car radio, um, into the speaker in the back seat. Uh, yeah, there it is, <laughs> and uh, uh, so so that was a that was a big one, and then Eddie Rabbit's um, uh, "Driving My Life Away," which is which actually my band plays. Uh, it was one I brought into the band, and I was like, "Hey, this was a really important song to me, like growing up, because uh, I just associated it with you know being in the car with my mom." And uh, so we actually play uh, that song when we when we do that live. But that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't realize, I think, until I actually started playing music, how influential it was. I, I kind of went through that period where I wanted to find my own music. But the only reason I was so interested in music is because my parents had exposed me to so much music. Sure. And and was that was that? I mean, were you listening to music as a kid all the time growing up? And was it different types of music? Yeah, I. So the big thing for me and my. Um my family didn't have a ton of money, but they always found creative ways to um, provide music to me. So I actually had this kind of big, big, big radio. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's probably, you know, uh, stood a few, like three, three and a half feet off the ground, big stack thing. But you could put cassette tapes in it, and then I would record songs off the radio, yep. you know, and yep. make my own mixtapes. Yeah. And that was a that was a big thing that I did for years, right? And, uh, you know, I, by the time that I was growing up, cassette tapes were already on the way out, right? My first CD I probably got when I was six to eight years old. But mm-hmm. I recorded my own cassette tapes forever because that's what we had yeah. around. You could buy a pack of like three blank cassette tapes at the dollar store, yeah. you know. And so that was that was huge for me. Um, I remember actually uh, spending uh, weeks trying to uh, record this song by Three Doors Down off the radio. It's not even really a song I would listen to now. Like, it's not my current taste in music. Yeah. But I loved it when I was young. I really like Three Doors Down. I mean, I haven't listened to them in a long time, but I remember really, really liking them, and they were, like, big, like, supporters of the military, like, while I was in, and that was post-September 11th, and it was kind of like rah-rah America, and they were doing videos, like, on battleships and all that. And So I remember really liking them kind of at that time. I haven't listened to them in a long time, though. I got a lot of like radio rock influence from my parents, so I was raised on like Three Doors Down and Nickelback yeah. and and all of those things. The uh, late '90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. was big. I don't listen to any of that now. Yeah, right. Well, and I like one thing I just remembered is uh, my mom worked at a pizza place, and this would have been in the late '80s, and they had a jukebox, and the jukebox had the little like 45 records on it the little singles uh, yeah vinyl singles and so when they would clean out the jukebox they would just give those away so my mom would like bring home all these little records and i had a record player in my room and um big stereo my dad would recycle his stereo equipment and so i remember listening to like Def leopards pour some sugar on me oh yeah um and just uh i went through this big metal phase at the time there was a uh, Def leopard and um what like great white and uh uh I, you know they were just yeah they were just there were kind of late 80s metal sort of hairband yep. uh, stuff that was a that was a big thing i went through my parents weren't listening to it but that was like the first time i was like discovering music that was just my own yeah right and uh, which is a which is kind of a big deal um you know you want to feel like you discover stuff for even, sure. Even with help, you know, you still want to fit, you know, like feel like you discovered this band. Yep. And I'm seeing that with with my kids now. My youngest is 16 and um a big band that you know they love is the Dead Kennedys. Well, the Dead Kennedys have been around for decades. Oh yeah. And um like Holiday in Cambodia. I was wearing a Dead Kennedys shirt and working at Hot Topic back in the 90s. And um, uh, and now my 16-year-old is uh, is discovering this band on their own. And I can't say that I have anything to do with it. I don't know. It probably was on a TikTok video or something along those lines. Sure. But, um, but that idea that you can discover music for yourself was always like kind of a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, for me. And that's become so much more accessible now to young people but also i mean to people like us i live on spotify i've been a spotify subscriber for close to a decade yeah 
Uh, and I just feel like music is so much more accessible now. You don't have to sit there and wait for two weeks to record the right song onto your cassette tape. Right. Well, like my dad, I, you know, he's a avid listener, has always has been, large record collection, uh, enormous CD collection. Uh, I know it's, you know, probably it's, you know, more north of a thousand CDs. And in the last few years, he always has these like super rare CDs on his like Amazon wish list. Yeah. He just got Spotify like two months ago and he was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like there's all this stuff on here that I haven't been able to find that's out of print and all this other stuff that's just out there in the cloud. So he's, you know, he's discovering all this uh, new music, you know, even in his sixties, just because Spotify has you know, say what you want about Spotify, you know, they're for musicians, you know, they're, they're pluses and minuses sure. to it. But as a listener, having kind of the musical world at your fingertips can be overwhelming, but also really pretty amazing. I mean, we'll cut to sponsors in a second, but Alex, let me pull you in because before we started recording, you actually hummed into your phone and found a song. Yeah. Um, Soundhound is the new app. That, Soundhound. So you can use shazam shazam too that's the one i use that's usually what people i just i mean shazam's now integrated into your iphone yep so i just say what song is this my iphone does it pulls it up and then i say add it to apple music but soundhound does this thing that lets you actually hum it or um um say the words say a few words and it will find the song that you're looking for so i just went and they're like oh do you mean all star all star from the cult classic shrek one I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> wow, it even identified the movie. That's kind of scary. That's that whole big I, I, I might have, thing. I might have embellished that. They didn't ask if that was from the cult classic Shrek, but that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> right. It just said All Star from their amazing album, Astro Lounge. I mean, that's what popularized this song, though, was Shrek. There was a few years there where this song was in every single movie, I yep. swear. Yep. Yep. This one in Blink-182 were the only two bands that were in any soundtrack from 1999 to 2001, I swear. And that makes sense to me. I worked at Hot Topic in 1999, so I, uh, <laughs> I, I that was all we ever listened to at work. It was All Star and Blink-182. All Star and Blink-182, Blink just everything. <laughs> Take off your pants and jacket. Well, you, listener, are an all-star for hanging out with us so far. We're going to take a break. We're going to check in with a couple of sponsors, and when we come back, we'll chat about uh, modern access to music. We'll talk about um, our kids and how we pass music on to them. Uh, It's going to be a good time. We'll listen to some more tunes. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few. One Dad to Another is brought to you by... I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're historically historically inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear you do that again. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcast. Jake, are you still going? Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin just fast, Harrison, just William fast forward to the end. Theodore Roosevelt, We are literally Trump, running out of time. Ben, 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 did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! Oh, I did it. Oh, I was in I was in my groove. Come there. and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm, I'm kind of doing You most couldn't of even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. <laughs> I 
I'm Logan Adam Schultz, digital and content marketing guy. I'm Alex Schulte, creative director dude. And I'm Craig Johnson, maker of graphics. And we're the LAS Marketing Team. And this is Friends with Marketing Benefits, Eastern Iowa's newest podcast filled with laughter, stories, and insight from a rotating cast of marketing professionals. Every Tuesday, join us as we break down modern marketing practices into something that you can use right now to better market your business, nonprofit, band, or even that dresser you've been trying to sell on Facebook Marketplace. There'll be new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Friends with Marketing Benefits is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. If you feel like it. LAS. Hey, we're back. Thanks for checking out those sponsors. We love having their support. Um, and I love cool. I love being back here with you, Tim. I love being here with you. And I'm actually having a lot of fun talking about music because it's something that you and I both really We really both really love. love it, and we've talked about music before, but I don't, we've never actually had this specific conversation. Which uh, is surprising. We've been friends for right. seven years. I don't know, like decades. <laughs> That's what like it feels since like. Since 1978, I think. Yep, and I was born in 92, so yeah. that feels right. Yeah, I used to. I, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a <laughs> Yeah. Well, I promised you, dear listener, uh, some conversation about our kids and how we pass music along to uh, to the young ones in our lives. And, uh, and not so young ones. And, well, true. Right. Valid. Um, the younger ones than yeah. us. Right. Um, and one story that I wanted to tell really quickly, <laughs> and my wife actually just shared it, but um, right now, Liam, my stepson... Uh, he's 11 years old, really into um, Eminem and modern rap and hip hop music, uh, which is which is great, really cool. But that's not something I can really relate to. That's never been a part of my life. Yeah. I do remember early on in my relationship with Marnie and with Liam when he was much younger, um, I really got him into Journey. <laughs> so Journey was big for me uh, in my very first car, uh, cassette tape player, and uh, the only cassette that I had was Journey's Greatest Hits. And was it stuck? In I the think at one player? point it was stuck in right. there. And right, you were afraid to pull it out because then like all the tape would unspool. Awful, yeah, awful. Um, it was a it was a '93 Buick Skylark, classic, big red one with a fin in the front. Yeah, super sexy. But I, I listened to a lot of Journey right up there with the '59 Caddy. That's right. Yeah, that's Big right. Fins. Uh, and so I listened to a lot of Journey. One of my favorite Journey songs was Separate Ways, and I got Liam hooked on Separate Ways as well, um, as well as a bunch of other Journey yeah. songs. Marnie just shared to her story a memory of him in our old apartment washing dishes. I saw the I saw the video. He was so little, and it, well, he wasn't dancing to Journey. He was actually dancing to another song I'll play in a second, but. He got it big in a journey, and that was fun for me because I yeah, got to go through yeah. the greatest hits again, and that was a nice throwback. Um, I feel like everybody needs that 80s hair rock yeah. experience. Yeah, at least once. Right. Um, and then you can move on. <laughs> <laughs> for those of us that lived it, uh, you know, uh, it had its place. That's valid. Um, that song that he was dancing to while washing the dishes was actually what I was obsessed with in college, which was Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO, <laughs> if you remember when this song took over the world. 
That's my favorite band. Live, Laugh, Love, I think is what that stands for, right? I think so. It's yeah. local, authentic, surprising. Um, A-O. A-O. Ass off. <laughs> <laughs> but this this takes me back to college, too. And uh, I don't know what this says about my parenting to Liam, but I know that Liam and I have built a great um, friend-level yeah. relationship yeah. where he trusts me like a parent, he opens up to me like a parent, but we can bond over fun music yeah. and and games, and I think that's there's some bedrock there laid down early in our relationship based around songs like that. Well, and music uh, does provide a really convenient and a, um, a great way to kind of bond with the kids. Like, so as we were thinking about this, like I think about I think about the kids and music. And my attempts sometimes to share music with them, like one of one of my favorite sort of musical memories is um, I had all the kids in the car with me. It was probably a minivan at the time. They were smaller. Yeah. Um, used to rock the minivan and um, listening to a Connor Oberst song. Um, and I can't remember the name of the song, so we're not going to be able to play it right now. But um, but it had this just really great beat. It was like the stomping beat. Um, and, uh, and then it just kicked off. So it was just like this huge buildup. And so the kids would be sitting in the back, uh, seat and I'd, we'd sit in a parking lot and I'd crank this song up and we'd sing along to it. And then we'd all be headbanging. It was kind of a Wayne's world moment where we're, you know, uh, like Wayne and Garth are headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I get that reference. But, but with, uh, Connor Oberst. Um, but that was one of my favorite, um, memories with the kids. And I have others, um, but one of the things that I did is I reached out to the kids before we recorded this and I just asked them and I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I asked them. I said, I'm re- recording a podcast about what it's like to try and raise kids and tonight's topic is music. And I, I was very intentional about saying try and raise kids because, you, know, <laughs> you know, kids in some ways, you know, have a lot of responsibility for raising themselves. But, but I said, you know, what are three songs from your childhood or early adulthood that you associate with me or your mom, uh, you know, as parents and, and I gave an example, another one, Bites the Dust by Queen. I always associate with my dad, with grandpa, because I have a very distinct memory of him playing it really loud in the living room when I was five or six. Um, and then I said, I have certain songs that I associate with each of you and with all of you, but I'm interested to see. So immediately, my oldest came back with I'm Yours by Jason Mraz, Skull Crusher Mountain by Jonathan Colton, um and and then the Eddie Vedder version of Tonight You Belong to Me. Oh, okay. And what was interesting about that and 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 then she followed it up with that's not a hard question to answer at all. Um that's what kind, was, that's kind of awesome. Well, and what was interesting to me is um with the exception of Skull Crusher Mountain, um because there's a very specific uh memory that's sort of like within the family lore associated with that sign with that song, I wouldn't have picked this song. I wouldn't have picked I'm Yours. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have picked um, the Eddie Vedder song either. Not that, I mean, I, I know that I listened to it a lot with them, but it was really interesting to me that, the, that, that she came back with songs that I had no idea made any kind of impression. Um, and so that was, that was really, really fun. And then uh, my middle daughter um, came back uh, with uh, Home by Philip Phillips. Um, and then a couple of songs by, uh, the chicks, formerly the Dixie chicks. Oh, sure. Um, this is that Skullcrusher Mountain song. Yeah. Uh, and, 
so so the real quick story to this one here. This was just a fun song about a guy who, you know, has a monster on his mountain that he made out of monkeys and ponies. And, um, yeah, it's a really strange song. <laughs> but my kids got a huge kick out of it, and my girls put together this dance routine. Um, and so this was probably 10-plus years ago. And they had they choreographed this entire song and performed it for us, you know, like in the living room. And it was ridiculous, and they laughed their way through it. And it's just such a, a fun, fun memory. Um, and they still remember it. So every once in a while, like the song will pop up or something, and they'll start doing it. And they're both grown-ups. One of them has a kid. You know, they're right. they're in their twenties. Um, so this one, this one specifically was a was a really fun one. But the other ones that the kids threw out, I was like, huh. I never would have guessed because they're not songs that I was like, ooh, I really want them to listen to this song. Um, it was just stuff that they they associated with me um, that didn't make the same impression on me as apparently it did on them, which is, which made me really glad that I asked them about it. And so, so this song, so home um, I've performed this one with my daughter, Michaela. That's right. And so uh, we, and we're going to perform together this summer um, out at the Cedar Rapids country club. We're doing uh, something we're going to, we're going to perform um, but this is a, a fun song, um, and I have a. This is a fantastic memory that I have of of practicing, learning this song with her, um, and she had suggested it. She was like, "Hey, we should learn this song and do harmony and all that other stuff." And did you guys perform this at uh, Ramsey's? We Club? did, yeah, yeah, which is no longer there anymore. No, no, they they did recently shut down, but it was. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, the, the the influences come through so many different things, either stuff we were listening to in the car or stuff that they overheard me listening to or stuff that we, in, you know, performed together. Um, and I'm really grateful that I exposed them to music, but I can't really claim any kind of responsibility for what their musical tastes are. Sure. Right? Because if I look at, you know, their top five favorite artists, whoever, you know, whoever they might be, um, I'm not responsible for any of that. And right. they're also very different across all three kids. They're, they're the genres of music that they listen to. Their favorite artists are completely uh, different um, from one another and from my personal uh, tastes. Sure. So, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it, it's fun that we have this musical thing. Um, you know, this, this thing that we can bond over, but it's also really fun how individual it is. Yeah. Uh, that's, I love the idea of how those formative memories stick with you and how a song can be a catalyst for that. Um, and just to completely take that idea and then ruin it. Um, one of my favorite Please. things, one of my favorite things that I ever took away from um, my father, and this is going to take a second to pull up because I got to find the right one. It's probably this. Um, my father introduced me to Weird Al. <laughs> and that was... Chinatown. You know I still talk about Weird Al sometimes. It, it's formative to my life. I I think he's the one that actually gave me uh, an actual VHS tape, which was like just Weird Al's music videos. And I loved it. And I yeah. watched it on repeat. And I was obsessed with it. It was brilliant. 
And that's really formative for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's part of what made me who I am. And I'm not even like realizing it until the middle of this show. Yeah. That that was a really big part of, of my relationship with my dad. Well, and, you know, considering our age difference and the the times that we grew up in, in the, the, the musical landscapes, it's funny um, that you brought up Weird Al because that was also one of my earliest things that I got from my dad. Yeah. Uh, the Weird Al in 3D album, which I think came out in like 1982. It had... Uh, Jeopardy, like I lost on Jeopardy, and there are all these other things. Yep. But he had recorded that on cassette tape for me, and so it's it's one of the early cassette tapes, you know, that I had. That my dad he used to do that all the time. He'd listen to his records and he would dub them over onto cassette tapes, and then I had this huge cassette library, right? And he would back all his hit, all of his stuff up on cassette. So he spent a lot of time putting that together. But also, Weird Al was a huge thing for me when yeah. I was uh, when I was a kid as well, and that was you know, a little bit before you. So, And I haven't gotten Liam to love Weird Al as much as I do, but I think the modern comparison is actually something like this. We got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite, we about to get down. And I know Tim doesn't know this, but no. Alex is mouthing the words along in the Because it's a uh, running in place song? It's a TikTok meme. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a parody of the song American Boy, but it's all about Fortnite. Okay. And it's, it, it's an obsession. It's a phenomenon yeah. right yeah. now amongst the TikTokers and the internet memers. Right. And Liam's obsessed with it. My little sister's obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it because I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty catchy. It is, but it's also not good. Right. Well, I can't understand what he's talking. I heard him say Fortnite. Fortnite. Not Fortnite. But this is something that Liam and I bond over. We actually sing this together. Like, how do you sing this, though? I mean, are there words to it? There are words. I mean, he was talking. Or singing. Liam's a Fortnite addict. And, yeah. Um, but you guys share that, that love of video games also. I we mean, will, that's a separate conversation. We will have an episode about video games. Yeah. For sure. We will. We we will. Very yep. Al Becker threatening. That was, right? that was good. <laughs> L-A-S. L-A-S. There it is. Yeah. There's our boy Al. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll have that conversation about video games. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the modern comparison. It's a funny internet meme joke we quote vines to each other like that's the the same type of relationship that my dad and i had yeah. over something like weird al yeah yeah the uh it, what's funny is um like i i grew up listening to music that my dad was playing um i don't have a whole lot of memories of us listening to music together though sure. which is which is interesting it's it wasn't like a shared activity so much as it was a thing that he did that i was there for and then there were I'd listen to a lot of music like in my room and he was in the house, but he wasn't right. really paying any attention or, but he also used to like wake me up um, when it was time to like go to school. He would come in and turn up my stereo and then he would press play with whatever was there. Oh, that's fun. Um, but uh, the only time, the only time we ever, I remember there ever being tension uh, over music um, was, um, in 1986, I think is when it was, if I'm remembering, um, Run DMC's Run Like Hell uh, record. And it had um, Walk This Way. Um, oh, of course. Was on it. Um, 
uh, my Adidas, I think was on that record as well. Um, but I had that cassette tape and at one point there was, um, there we go. And I think, uh, it's tricky, I think was on there as well, but they, they, they dropped the MF curse word on there. Now I was in fourth grade, I think at that point, fourth or fifth grade. And I had this boom box in my room and I had this cassette tape and I would listen to that phrase over and over again because I was like, here's this like dirty word on my stereo. And I would like play it and then I would, I would rewind it and play it again. And then one time I rewound it and then I stopped it. I don't know why I left it there. It was all queued up and my dad walked in and he oh. turned on the stereo and we're dropping MF bombs and he popped the cassette tape out of the stereo and said, I'm taking this. And then he took it away. It's the only confiscated, only time music was ever confiscated from me Wow, was that one. Now, I found that tape like three years later, like I was in high school or, or junior high school or whatever it was, and I found it in the garage, and I took it back. I liberated it. Um, <laughs> but it was the only time I ever remember there ever being like specific tension over music and how like... I was never told what I was allowed to listen to or anything, but I was only ever once told what I was not allowed to listen to, and it sure. was Run DMC. So that's interesting. Um, I, I think I have something to tie into that, and then we'll we'll start wrapping things up. But I, I've talked to Liam quite a bit because you know, like I said, Liam's into a lot of modern hip hop, a lot of modern rap, and and there's some um, expletives and uh, explicit language yeah. in a lot of that music, and he's eleven. And right. it's tough to find the right balance between allowing him to listen to what he wants to, yeah, and also uh, making sure that that um, he's being influenced by a, a, a correct balance of things. Well, and you know, is being protected, sure, right? Um, not protected from language, but protected from, uh, you know, uh, negative or damaging ideas right i guess that's the that's the thing but you can't necessarily you you can't completely protect kids from that stuff right uh, you just have to kind of help maybe give them the tools yeah to help figure out how to navigate we actually so stuff. we added him to our spotify we gave him a specific spotify account on our family plan and i turned off all explicit songs mm-hmm. when i set it up and that meant that all of the songs that he liked he could no longer listen to mm-hmm. that was that was a tough kind of weak in our household yeah because i i wanted to to try and figure out the right thing but that that really shut him down yeah from what he really loved and that didn't feel right yeah so where we've ended up is he has open access to spotify to music Mm -hmm. he can listen to what he wants to and my goal as a parent is to make sure that he has an understanding of what those things mean yeah, he has a context that is uh, appropriate and somewhat protected, but but also that he's not overly shielded from things. Yeah, and that he's surrounded by other positive influences that so that he has a, a safe space to experience those types of stories. Yeah, and that's a and that is a that is a tough kind of uh, parenting task, right? How do, uh, it's you can you can go the route where you just say nope. You you can't have this. You can't you can't listen to this, or um, you can pretend you know you you don't know what's going on, or you find that that middle balance. And for me, that's ideal. 
Um, right. And I and I can't say I was always successful. You know, I'm sure that there were there were times when I was maybe overprotective. Um, my kids could probably tell you more about that, but um, but yeah, the uh, that sounds reasonable to me. If you were looking for validation, you came to the right place. Friend. <laughs> I'm always looking for validation. And actually, in fact, if you, dear listener, want to let us know your stories with your kids navigating um, explicit music or, or just the music that you were raised on, let us know. You can actually connect with us over on patreon.com slash LAS podcast network and uh, join even that base level tier and you can interact with us. Uh, you can send in questions and thoughts and comments for the show and uh, and we'll be there for you and, and you may just get read on this show and get involved with us. I would love to read just generally <laughs> yeah i would love to let you yeah. read that'd be great tim i think that's our show i think so this was a good one again uh, go practice reading <laughs> you go practice reading i'm gonna go ahead and take us out this is from one dad to another uh part of the las podcast network and independent podcast network here in eastern iowa if you want to support us again go to patreon.com slash las podcast network you can get exclusive shows. You can connect with us and engage with this show. You can get ad-free versions of this show. So go and check it out. Uh, we'd love to engage with you over there. For more information about the LAS Podcast Network, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. I think that's about it. Tim Riven, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been a ton of fun. I'm Logan Adam Schultz. This has been From One Dad to Another. And we will talk to you again next Wednesday.